Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Hey, Lex, it's so great to see you. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to always speak with you. Oh, my goodness. I'm so, yeah, I'm so glad we met uh, in Master Networks because, uh, yeah. you know, it's a... Uh, it's it's unbelievable how uh, there's so many silver linings with what happened with the pandemic. We get to have to you know virtually uh, network and uh, and you never know who you're going to meet. But yeah. I am so grateful we met. Me too. So you've had uh, an amazing uh, life and you're still very very young. Um, I want to capture for the audience uh, the essence of of Lex Vuko. What have you gone through? What have you done to work on yourself to get you to where you are now? And yeah. you know, I'd just like you to start wherever you want to start. Yeah, um, you know, I'm from Eastern Europe, from Serbia originally, and um, up until I was 16, my life was very predictable. Like the same school, same friends, same environment. There was not a lot of change. Like I even look back, like. 20 years later, when I went back to my city, I'm like, I literally just know my area. Like it was just very predictable. Um, At least that's how I remember it. And then um, in 98, to be exact, I remember the night, (laughs) September 13th, 1998, I got hit by a car. And the whole trajectory of my life has changed ever since then. And obviously, when you're going through something hard, you, you know, you may be thinking, oh, you know, why me? But the crazy thing is at 16, I, um, I didn't know the power of mindset. I mean, I was in Eastern Europe. This is 1998. Nobody's talking about this stuff. But it really, um, I, I just jumped into the power of mindset. And I remember doctors telling, because my, my both feet were injured. I was in the hospital for 33 days. Oh, wow. I had the, the metal brace on my leg. I mean, it was just pretty graphic. And um, the doctors told me, like, you're probably never going to be able to walk again because the heel bone actually fell out during the oh impact. Gosh. That's how open the wound was. And I just remember not believing them for a second. I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Now, it wasn't the power of mindset then. It was being 16 and being like, I'm not going to be on crutches. Like, it just, it was a vanity thing, I have to admit. Well, but plus when someone worked. tells you, when someone at that age tells you you can't do something. Yeah, exactly. automatic. You're like, oh, yeah, watch me. <laughs> well, I think it was literally the first moment in my life when I started doing things in spite of kind of like they said you're never going to be able to walk and I was like okay watch me so I literally visualized myself running which again I didn't know the power of visualization I didn't know any of that but I I I laid in bed nothing to do couldn't even turn to the side so I visualized myself run over Mm. and over and over again and I remember that I didn't even want to see the wound because it was that bad Four weeks later, nurses were still um, changing the dressing and they, they said, this looks so good. This is healing so great. And I said, okay, I, I, I'm brave enough to look at it now. Okay. And when I looked at it, I almost wanted to vomit. I was like, this is crazy. Wow. But I kept the positive attitude, again, instinctively. Yeah. And my mom was freaking out. I was like, mom, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I walked out of then crutches. I was on crutches for six months while I had to do all the other things and let the body heal. Right. 
And actually, miraculously, the the bone grew back. So <laughs> I'm able to not only run, but I became a trainer later on. Wow. Again, I think it's a lot of it started that whole in spite of thing. Now I'm going to mm -hmm. prove you wrong, which is so funny because whoever knew me from like I was never I'm not a competitive person. But it started changing me to start competing with me mm -hmm. and to kind of be better off, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that was a crucial moment for me um, for so many reasons that I just named some of them. But also right after that, there were situations that happened. Like the day I got out, I had to go to a different town for rehab for my okay. ankle. The day I got out when it was when the bombing started in Serbia. So right. it was literally that day i got home about 2 p.m 8 p.m were the first sirens so there was a lot of things going on going on going on until i finally so i went to venezuela with my mom for three months to get away from that which is a whole nother thing leaving people that you love behind right right because like my dad couldn't leave he was below the age of 65 at the time and so on and that's a whole nother mindset thing and then we came back and I ended up moving to States to go finish high school at that time in States. So that when I landed in States, I thought, okay, this is the first time I can unpack. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. I can unpack now. But that whole thing started culture shock and all these other things that were going on in my life that were not great. And it's just crazy how when you look back at the hardest, most awful times in your life, they ended up being your best. Because looking back, that was all the best stuff that could have happened to me because I started developing grit. I started developing, I call them mindset calluses. Like I started getting to a point where I realized it, that was me, right? It had to have, I have to have me in order to survive. Right. Now, yes, I got stuck in survival for a long time and that now that addressing, not addressing that made me live in anger and survival for the next decade or so. Yeah. However, now that I have more stabilized and found myself, I found that that was such an important part of my life because I know that I would have never developed the grit and the drive and the passion for life that I, that I have now. Uh, you know, that's pretty powerful what you said. And you, you think about... Um, you didn't get the opportunity right after you got home on crutches to like assimilate back into society yeah. and, and give yourself that mental capacity to physically heal because you were thrown into something else that was beyond your control. And then there too, you're talking about leaving that and you basically had some healing to do, A, from the car accident, the mental anguish, the physical anguish, then healing of having to leave home and then coming to the States and a lot of healing, just turning your life upside down. So yeah. yes, um, if all of that didn't happen to you, you wouldn't have probably developed that grit. Now, what do you think no. would, have, would have been able to happen if you were able to work on one thing at a time? That's the difference in how I'm raising my son. Gotcha. So I have a four-year-old um, at this time, he's four, right. and I think about that all the time. Mm -hmm. I love what I was able to create from myself, from what I went through, right. but it was a lot of trauma for me. Mm, right. So I believe that you can develop all these skills without having to traumatize yourself or having to go through trauma. Sometimes we can choose in life, right? Like there are people who have been through traumatic events and things like that, that mm -hmm. just like, they're not, they're like, I didn't put myself through this. Right. But when I look at my son and I think of, I want him to have grit. I want him to develop discipline. I want, there are certain things that I want him to have, but how do I position myself to always put him in a situation or situations, not always, but 
frequently enough so that he can have the right amount of adrenaline going mm -hmm, through his mm -hmm, body to mm -hmm. develop into who he needs to become Absolutely. because i if i give my kid everything and if i do everything for him he won't have the reason to develop into that and i i hope to god he never has to go through trauma to learn the lessons that i want to teach him yeah. so i observe that and i think sometimes how different would that have been but it's one of those things that you can never answer because i don't know i yeah, don't know I how know. different i would have been right yeah. i don't know who i would have been i just know that i am thankful for all that stuff that i've been mm -hmm. through and to anybody listening to this who has a story right. to me it's like if i live if i catch myself in victim mentality if i live in that saying well that happened to me and then the war happened and then i lost this and i'm giving too much power to those people and those events Absolutely. and to me i'm not doing that in this lifetime mm -hmm. i will work on me 24 7 if i need to not to give power to those people or circumstances because when someone hurts you in the past they have hurt you in the past. If I let that still affect me today, I'm giving them the power to control my life today. Absolutely. And I'm not willing to do that. So my message to people is whatever you've been through, find strength in the fact that you deserve to have an awesome life. I don't know if you remember, there was that girl that got kidnapped years ago. My God, I forgot her name. She got kidnapped from her own bedroom in Utah and they looked for her for like eight months before they found her. And her mom, she, she, this, this, this is an interview that I listened with her that also is like one of those quotes. When they found her, she was driving, she was riding somewhere with her mom and her mom said, listen, what these people did to you was absolutely awful. Mm -hmm. But the best thing you can do for you is live the life on your own terms and Absolutely. move away from that. And I thought that was such a powerful statement because that's exactly what it is. Yep. If she or I or whoever continues living in the past, we keep allowing these people to create our life. Absolutely. And I hope that nobody's willing to do that. No, I think most of, unfortunately, most of our society does live like that. Um, we, don't, we don't realize that we control our mind. The yeah. mind does not control us. And, and you're right. I mean, for years, I, I would regret the past, which means I'm given power to whatever my life was. And um, no, I, and I give you a lot of credit, too, because I know that you're going to be able to strike that balance with your son. Um, you had told me that um, when you lived at, at home and your mom would you have the allowance from your your parents and and it was just what you would expect and then you came to the states on your own and it was like completely different tell me a little yeah. about about that without that comparison uh you wouldn't have realized that things are different or could be different well it's one of those things you know you don't realize what your life is or how different it is from others until you tell somebody your story. Right. And that, that's what happened is when I came to States and um, I actually remember this, I went to high school and it was um, Thanksgiving and they gave us a sheet of paper to write down people who are thankful for. And people would write down one, two or three names. And I kept writing so much that I had to flip the page. And as I kept writing, people started, kids started gathering around me. And they're like, what is this? How, how many people are you grateful to? And I'm like, a ton? Like, there's so much that happened in my life that I got to thank people for, right? Mm -hmm. 
and it's also the first time I, I was introduced to gratitude or thankfulness. And, um, and they actually asked me to, to write a speech or to give a speech in front of the whole high school about that. Because mm-hmm. about up until that point, I was like, what are you talking about? It's just my life, you know? But mm-hmm. then I found myself around American kids and I was like, oh yeah, you know, the bombing and, you know, going to the basement. They're like, their jaw is dropping. And they're right, like, absolutely. oh yeah, that's not the normal thing for you guys, right? Like that's not normal in anybody's life. Like you start recognizing the story that you have, right? you know, before you can compare it. Now, yeah, I think that that's that's the main thing is I, I love to analyze myself and my past without mm-hmm. dwelling in the past. Right. And that's what I did. I, I look back and I was like, wow, you know, my parents gave me a lot of freedom. Now, we didn't live anything amazing, right? Like this is Eastern Europe. Right. But I had all the basic needs met. And we all know once you have your basic needs met, needs met it's like there's not much more than that, especially when you're a kid. Like I didn't mm-hmm. want much. Right. And so, yeah, when I look back and compare that, it's like, whoa, like that's. I learned from my parents on how to parent and how not to parent. So that's one of the things that I was like, they were never too hard on me. They let me get away with stuff. I had a lot of freedom. Um, Not to say we never argued or anything like that, but it it just, to me, looking back in retrospect, I feel like I was given too much. And that's the danger of parenting is we want to give our kids everything without really realizing that's not always in their best interest. Right. Well, I mean that, and, and doing so, like you mentioned, it could, it could cause entitlement with, with the kids. And I think you telling your story to the American kids when you moved here, I, I, I'd bet you that it helped a lot of them because many of them maybe sat in that entitlement seat and hearing your story were like, wow that they their life is not normal to some people outside of their own situation you know and uh and so so you know you mentioned um the war and i don't don't know how much you want to get into it but i am curious how that i mean at, at that age 16 how that affected you and that spurred on you having to leave your own country and yeah um can you tell me a little more about about what happened then Totally. So I'll first preface this by saying my story is nothing comparing to some other people, right? Like we've heard, I've seen and heard stories from people and I'm like, holy moly, like they've been through the war. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but honestly, I've just been through the bombing. Like in comparison to people going through war, it's not a big deal. But when I was 16 or 17, I really didn't realize the impact that it had on me until much later on. Um, because again, I was in between all these situations happening, like my car accident and going to a different city and learning how to walk again and, yeah. and then having to go. And, and so there are moments, there are moments that were really hard. For example, you can't just fly out of a war zone, right? Like you have to take a bus. We had to take a bus to Hungary, me and my mom. And the only reason I even agreed to leave is because my mom was about to have a nervous breakdown right, right after what she's seen happen with me, with, with the car wreck and all of that going into the 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 war and the bombing there was a moment when which it seemed it sounded like a, a rocket was about to go through our window and she and i were laying in bed together it was five o'clock in the morning we just came back from the basement and again in basement in eastern europe building is not the same as a basement in someone's house right. um and so we came back and she just like jumped on me to because we thought the rocket rocket was going through our place right and i just saw her now and, and my brother at the time was living in the states and he was like you got to get out of there you got to get out of there and they asked me 
which was really ironic. They asked me and I said, we got to go because I knew that my mom was just not mentally going to be okay if we stay. Right. The hardest thing is actually leaving all the other people behind, like all mm -hmm. my friends and my family and then my dad. So we had to go to the bus stop and we had to take the bus to the uh, Hungary to Budapest to airport to fly out to Venezuela. And I just remember looking at my dad standing in front of that. Oh, oh it gets me every time. Just remember him standing there in front of that window and just like I was crying and he was just like, it's okay, it's okay. And he was just like giving me a sign to like, shh, it's gonna be okay. And like, those are the moments that really drive me in life. Mm -hmm. Like when I look back now and I'm going through something, I always look back and it's like, dude, that's nothing comparing to that moment, you yeah, know? Right. So th that, that, that messes with you mentally because you know you gotta get out of there but you don't want to get out of there because you want to be with your loved ones. Love, yeah. you know, like people that you care about, the people that you love. Because mm -hmm. if I come back and they're not there, well, you know, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah. But at the same time, being in that situation is not helping anybody. Not helping. Now, now your dad a, couldn't. Your dad couldn't go because they wouldn't let. So men, men from ages of eighteen to sixty-five couldn't leave the country in case of the draft. Plus, right. he was a doctor, so there was no oh, way he boy. was going to leave the country. Yeah. And so. So this is where it gets really like I use these moments in life, right? Yeah, like yeah, I know then you know my grandparents they went through World War II. I use these moments mm, when mm -hmm. I feel blah or I don't feel like doing something. I remind myself of those moments and I'm like, no, they didn't go through all of that so that I can be here today right. and say, yeah. oh, I just don't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. I owe it to them yes, just absolutely. as much as I owe it to me, just as yeah. much as I owe it to my future generations, yeah. my son and his absolutely. family. That's what really drives me. And I think really in life, that's really one of the things is looking at those moments to drive you and mm -hmm. not to paralyze you to stay where you are. That's right. what Mot I do yeah. with it. Motiv motivation. If if you can't have the self-motivation, you can think of things like that that'll motivate you. Now, did you ever get a chance to see dad again? Yes, yes, Good. yes. My dad, um, my mom and I, my, uh, my mom and me came back about three months later, mm -hmm. and then I ended up moving to states. So after that, I saw my mom and dad pretty much a handful of times because I was in states, yeah. and they came for a visit a few times. But it's not that easy. The older they got, it was harder for them. Right. Which is one more reason why I'm all about optical optimal performance because I'm like, no, don't age. You don't have to Absolutely. age. You know. And I, yeah. I honestly think yeah. one of the reasons is that my mom died at 61, and my dad died recently at 83 but he had dementia and and to me yeah. one of the driving forces is helping people not get to that point because yeah. it doesn't it doesn't always have to be like that no it doesn't and you know I, I in doing the research i've been doing i just stumbled upon a piece of data that that amazed me that 85 percent of physical ailments are due to 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 internal stress that's not addressed um, it's like the body saying, hey, I've been showing you all this stress inside. Okay, you're not going to listen. I'm going to yeah. make your knee hurt or your stomach hurt or your head yeah. hurt because we pay attention to physical pain. <laughs> we, yeah. don't, we don't, and, and it's time that we need to um, you know, listen to our body and, and look inward and heal from within because totally. if we don't, we're waiting for something physical to happen. That, sometimes that's when it's too late, you know? 
Well, I I 100% agree with that because I my mom died from breast cancer, but I truly believed Mm -hmm. that breast cancer was a manifestation of things she hasn't dealt with. I know a little bit of her trauma and I know of things she hasn't dealt with. Um, And then with my dad, I I, what I know, again, is I feel like he almost talked himself into dementia because he watched his father have dementia. He took care of him years ago, which was another traumatic event in my life. but my dad, when when I saw him in the last year or two before he died, he would say, he said, I look myself in the morning and I say, father, slow down, as if he's turning into his own father. Oh, and knowing yeah. the power of words, mm-hmm. I feel like a big part of it is him basically knowing, oh, it's coming. It's just coming. It's just yep. coming. Yeah, really you know, self-fulfilling prophecy because you can yes. do that to yourself. You can yes. talk yourself into something, whether it's something positive or something negative. Which is, again, why I believe that's such a drive for me to do what I do with yeah. other people now. Because it's, it's one of those things like I wasn't able to save my parents. I want right. to see who I can help here while they're course, still here. You know, you, you, might, you might know this because I've been learning a lot about people saying that um, if you are not addressing this certain trauma – it, it manifests in your liver. This kind of trauma manifests in your heart. Have you heard, been, heard any of that kind of stuff? Because I've I'm, heard that before. Yeah. I believe it can manifest in any different ways because okay. it's not just that trauma. It's what else comes with that trauma. True, because true. that trauma can lead to another trauma and can have many traumas in our life. It's also leading to how we speak to people, how we approach yeah. people. It can mm. really have a whole other spiral effect, trickle effect, as, as I call it. And and the thing is, most of the people don't want to deal with trauma. We don't want to go to the dark place, right. but it's controlling our life. Well, right? absolutely. Like, yeah. You know, when, when my husband and I uh, got back together, um, we, we were actually, we were high school sweethearts. So 20 yeah. years later, we got back together. I love that story. But when we, um, when we argued the first few times, I was like, time out. I said, look at this. This is just trauma bouncing off of a trauma. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I can't tell him react differently. I had to look at myself. Yeah, right. I started reacting differently, which right. made him respond differently. Differently, right. And so right. that's when it's like, whoa, it's not just that the traumatic event is somewhere in the back of my mind. Yeah. It's here every day in how I address my spouse, how mm-hmm. I address my children, how I address my coworkers, how I address people on the street. It's manifesting that way. This is why it's so important for people to stop and address their trauma at times. And 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 let's just talk about trauma for a second. It doesn't have to be this one major, huge, big yeah, event. It can be four or five little things. It can that... be exactly. And it's not about what kind of event it seemed to have been. It's how it affected, affected me you. personally. Yeah. If it's all Because the bombing, yeah. what I went through, might have affected someone completely differently. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? You know, I agree with you too. And, and you really, yes, uh, it could be multiple things that cause that, that manifest. I was, I did, was reading that, that um, for if, if someone has abandonment issues, I mean, it doesn't have to be just from one trauma, you know, all different. If they generally have abandonment issues, it's, it sits in the, in the stomach, like mm-hmm. the abdomen kind of thing, which makes sense because physically, when you are worried about not about somebody leaving you, you get that feeling in your stomach, the mm-hmm. gut, I, which kind of makes mm-hmm. sense to me. And my my son had abandonment issues after the after we uh, his mom and I got divorced, and uh, he's got Crohn's disease, 
Interesting. And it's, it exacerbated during the divorce. So I don't know. Yeah. It's just, you know, I just, I just believe a lot of, a lot of the, the we don't know enough about our human. Oh, exactly. You know, I mean, and hell, we only use like three to 7% of its capacity and it's the most powerful machine known no, to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I've heard that thing before where they say, you know, you're not scared of failing or whatever you think your fear is. You're afraid of how what your capacity is. Yeah, absolutely. Pure, pure and it's something to sometimes. think about, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it's yeah. something to think about because we all have, I mean, we're all a part of the higher power. So we all have that within us, you know? Right. And another thing I wanted to mention is, you know, we have just recently started talking about energy centers. Some people call them chakras. Some people think that right. that's too woo-woo. Yeah. But that's just something that's been recently talked about. Yeah. And this is where Western and Eastern medicine need to come together yes, and look at the body as a whole, not just mm -hmm. an organ. And, and the thoughts, too, you know, all of it, all of it matters. This is why we need to change the way we approach self. Yeah, and, no. and 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 there's we got to take that stigma, especially in the United States, off of men, mental health. Um, yes. With the suicide rate in in especially in the states climbing, you can't. We we never should have uh, ignored it, but especially now. And I think people like you or I, it's it's going to be us. All the big, I, call, <laughs> I get in trouble. I say the big three evil entities. Government's not going to help us. No. The insurance companies aren't going to help us. And big pharma, pharmaceutical companies are not going to help us. Yeah. So for the mental health issue to really come to above the surface and be addressed, it's going to have to be people like you you and me, exactly. people who, who have suffered through it. Um, and we, we know that um, we have to take control of ourselves, of our minds and our bodies, because we run the show. We're going to write our own yep. story. We're not letting someone else run it for us. Exactly. Uh, so Lex, I could talk to you for another few hours, um, <laughs> I, I, you know. So, but I'm gonna, I want to end this with two, two specific questions. Um, first question is, you are sitting down with young seven to ten year old Lex. Mm -hmm. You want to give her some advice about life. What are you gonna tell her? Do something hard. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Do something hard and do not quit until it's done. I wish I was in some sports or tough sports or whatever would have been challenging for me mm -hmm. um, because it would have helped me start understanding grit, start understanding the moments when you want to quit, how you deal with that, start, uh, start at that time understanding discipline and the power of the mind and the willpower. So it would be go get your sport because you know when i was a kid i wanted to do karate and my mom was like no you're a girl and she sent me <laughs> dancing and i right. was like I, I then i wanted kickboxing and she's like no you're a girl and i finally went kickboxing at the age of 21 22 Good i finally did boxing and kickboxing yeah, yeah. and it was great because yep. it it was the training it's but also it helped me realize i'm not a fighter so right. i need to know where you know how to push myself mentally but not to the level where I'm breaking down my body and not actually yeah. not being paid for that. You yeah, know, I mean, I, yeah, like, and I learned a lot too uh, that you, you about you know give let let children try everything because sometimes it's best to know what you don't want yep. versus what you do want, right? Yeah. And how and you going to know what you don't want unless you try everything? Yeah, and if I had never tried it, I would have still been questioning it. And it's yeah. like it's never yeah. too late. So. No. Absolutely. My advice to the little me is do something hard. Good for you. 
All right, put a different hat on, and now you are a successful businesswoman entrepreneur, and you're sitting down with young Lex, the up-and-coming businesswoman. What kind of business advice are you going to give her? Be brutally honest with yourself mm -hmm. and look at the whole picture. And what I mean with that is what are the skills that you need to have and develop to become the person that you want to be? Because for so long, I was advancing in what I was good at. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't fully, truly honest with myself yeah. Yeah. in what skills do I need? Because there's things that I didn't even re recognize as skills that I can okay. build on. Right, right. Where, you know, in school, you're taught what, you're told what you will learn. <laughs> yeah. Where in life, yeah. nothing stops me from grabbing 40 books about mindset, 40 right. books about selling, 40 right. books about marketing, 40 books about business, finance, whatever it is that I want to learn. Right. So my advice to her is just be brutally honest with yourself, write down the skills you need and start with working one at a time. I love that. I love that because there's, there's something to say for strengthening your strength and strengthening your weakness right? Yes. You got to strengthen yes. both. Absolutely. Yes. Well, this has been awesome. Well, I know now that there's a ton of people out there who want to get to know Lex and have a little more time with you. Please tell the audience uh, how we can get in touch with you. Yeah, absolutely. I am on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram and I'm on TikTok and it's all my name, L-E-K-S-V-U-C-K-O, Lex Vuko. Right. I'm more than happy to respond to any questions and comments or however I can help. Absolutely. I'm here to serve. You know, I didn't get, I, let's give the audience about five minutes to learn what you do professionally because the VUCO method is one of the best things I've ever heard. I've heard. Thank I love you. That. But sir, yeah, I'll get, yeah, let, let them know what you're doing now and how you're, how you're helping people. Yeah, I'm all about optimal performance. I'm all about how I can be my best self and for my clients, how they can be their best self. So I work with people who either are feeling like they are almost there and they want to go to that next mental and physical level, uh, which I call mental and physical fitness, or people who are like, you know what, I got to strengthen my mindset. I got to challenge myself. I got to work on some things. Mm -hmm. I combine all my knowledge in fitness, in nutrition, in well-being, in biohacking with the mindset stuff. To me, it's the ultimate to become that unstoppable machine because to me, everything starts from how I feel. Mm -hmm. If I feel average, if I feel, again, satisfied and okay with things, then those are the results I'm going to produce. But if I feel unstoppable, if I feel powerful, if I feel on top of the world, then those are the results I'm going to, I'm going to produce. I've talked to so many people who are in their even 60s. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I tell them, I said, you got another 30, 40 years to go. And sadly, most people say, I don't want to live that long. Oh and just today I had a conversation with a lady about that. I said, well, what if you felt amazing and you felt that you are creating in your life and you felt outstanding physically and mentally? Mm -hmm. She said, yeah, then I would want to live. Yeah, so it's not about how long we live. It's about how we feel right. about that. Yep. You know, so yeah. that's my goal is to help people feel outstanding, unstoppable, powerful, those things that that just make you go and change the world absolutely you know what let's take the limits off of ourselves yes. other people are putting limits on us let's take them yes. off take them off let's take them off limitless yes all right my friend lax always great to see you thank you so so much for coming on i really appreciate it thanks for having me drew always a pleasure all right you take care now bye
Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.